Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Center podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. Who knows what our theme has been for this month? I'll tell you. Let your faith, just in case you didn't know, let your faith be greater than your fear. Let your faith be greater than your fear. I don't know, I've lived my life too long fearing. Anybody else? I'm sick of it. I don't want it. In fact, the word of God says that he didn't give me a spirit of fear. Fear be gone in the name of Jesus. I declare that over the house this morning. In the name of Jesus, fear. You have no authority in this place. You have no right in this place. Fear be gone in the name of Jesus. Where two or three are gathered, there is the spirit of God this morning. Fear be gone in the name of Jesus. Fear of man, fear of tomorrow, be gone in the name of Jesus. Let your faith be greater than your fear. One of the the reasons that we struggle with that whole faith thing, one of the big things that we all come against is trials. They can be a reason as to why our faith can sometimes be challenged. Would you agree with that this morning? Who here likes trials? Anybody? Ruth, do you like trials? No, I saw the roll of the eyes then. <laughs> Life can be a trial sometimes. Dare I say it, marriage sometimes. <laughs> well, let's say a challenge. You know, trials happen when things don't go our way. Trials can happen when we get a bad doctor's report. Trials just happen. How many of us here this morning, if you're game to do this, are over 45? Yeah, come on, Mark. I know you are, Sharon. (laughs) We know. Like, we've got... The reality is, I don't want to speak this too much over your life, but the reality is we've probably got less days ahead of us <laughs> than we have behind us, <laughs> unless we're going to live to more than 90. Praise God, I am. I don't know about you. But we know that living this life, you face trials. And so often we do everything we can. Sometimes we even say, oh, well, I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to face trials anymore. Well, let me give you a little bit of a reality check. That ain't the truth. It ain't the truth. It isn't the truth, if you want me to be better at English. Is that right? It ain't the truth. It is the truth. Even this morning, I had a little trial. Would you like me to share that with you this morning? So, you know, I, I, I like to prepare and I like to worship and I like to spend some time just, you know, talking to God and preparing myself and getting ready for this morning. You know, I like to come to church. I I want things just to go a certain way so that when I get here, I'm all prepared and I'm all ready and I'm all right, yeah? You know, you've got this plan in place and you think this is going to happen and and then if this happens, then I'll be completely ready to preach the word of God. I'll bring down fire this morning. You just look out. It's going to be a great morning this morning because everything's going my way. I'm walking on sunshine. It's happening, yeah? Yeah? I 
I get here. Helen's in a separate car. I get here. You, you do, anybody got an idea where this may be going? I get here this morning. Turn my car off. I've just been listening to I'm a child of God. Praise you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I thank you that you're with me. I thank you that the Spirit of God is alive and active. Is it work in this place this morning? Woo-hoo. My phone rings. Just turn the car off. My phone rings. I've locked, the key. I've locked myself out of the house again. <laughs> oh! My preparation just went out the window. My peace just left. My joy just went. Oh, great. What else is going to go wrong this morning? That's, but that's my bias, if I'm perfectly honest. If I'm, really, if I'm really truthful with you this morning, hand on heart, I tend to be, and I'm asking God every day to help me, but when things quite, don't quite go my way, I have this bias towards the negative. Anybody else? Yeah. Hey? Like the elephant. Oh, yes, there was another trial. The elephant trial. Can I tell you about the elephant trial? Would you like to hear about that this morning? So, you know, last year, was it last year I went to Thailand? Christmas? Was it Christmas? Like, oh, no, Bali. That's right. We went to Bali. Christmas time. And I looked high and low for an elephant. I wanted a carved elephant. You know, you go overseas, you want to bring something back. Anybody else? Yeah, a little memento. I thought, I'd like a carved elephant. Well, we looked like, I don't know if you've been to Bali recently. I think a few people here have, but it's very commercial. There's not too much that's cheap over there. At least when you go to Thailand, you can buy a $2 T-shirt. You know you're going to get a $2 T-shirt. You, you know that the moment you put it on a perspire a little bit, it's going to shrink. The colour's going to go out of it. But you go to Bali and those T-shirts are $20 or $30. What's going on there? Anyway, we're looking high and low for this elephant, and we went into one place, and the elephant that I wanted was $120. Well, I'm not paying $120 for a carved elephant. I want to pay $20. So we, we were on a drive out in the country somewhere, and there's this little place on the side and had carved elephants. So I went, I've got an elephant for $25 and a little baby elephant with it as well. So I was very happy. And I like it as I walk in the front door. It's just sitting there, and it's just a little reminder of barley and... And I like things nice. Anybody like things nice? You know, you know, I have this problem with my car. I don't like dirt on my car. Like, I really did a big sacrifice on Saturday morning. Was it Saturday or Friday? Friday, I had to drive down a dirt road to help Will. I like a big sacrifice. Church, go, oh, oh, you got your car dirty. Oh, John. Oh, you're such a good pastor doing that. Great sacrifice. Going to help Will and Jen move a bit of furniture and drive down a dirt road. Anyway, going back, I like things being nice. And so every time I walk in the house, there's this elephant on, the, on, the, on our front, whatever you call it, table, hall table. Anyway, I'm, I'm just going to sleep, not last night, the night before, and it's pitch black and Helen's not wanting to turn the light on because I went to bed before Helen. I'm just about, you know, that little place of bliss just before you, you wander off into sleepness. Bang, crash. What was that? 
And if I'm perfectly honest, I wasn't thinking of Helen had been crashed because it didn't sound like a bang crash that Helen had made. You know, like if Helen had been crashed, it would be a different noise to this noise. It wasn't a Helen bang crash. Is that all right, honey? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Have I gone down the wrong path there, Dylan? <laughs> anyway, I, um, Helen goes, I'm sorry. So, what are you sorry for? Oh, I bumped the elephant. Oh! The first thing that came to mind was, I can't have anything nice. <laughs> like I, I have, come on church, anybody else? I, I have a bias to the negative. God help me. My, my, my sermon title, and I tell you, church, I'm preaching to myself this morning just as much as I'm preaching to you. Is that okay? My, bi- my bias, my title this morning is, let your trials be the foundation for tomorrow's triumphs. Amen? Like trials can challenge our faith, can't they? You know, we can get a bad doctor's report. But, you know, sometimes God will use trials. How good is our God? Don't you love it? When God will use a trial to test our faith? Come on. Be honest. Do you really like it? You do. Good on you, LaPecca. <laughs> but he will use trials to test our faith. We're all familiar with the story. I don't see anybody, I think, that I don't know in the house this morning. I know your brides, don't I? Do I know you? Yeah. I know you, Elise. Where is Elise? Not here. <laughs> Haley, Haley, I know Haley. <laughs> Where's Hannah? Not here this morning. What do I keep calling Hannah? Emma. Hi, Emma. Pray for your pastor. Where am I going with this? Well, the story of Abraham, where he has to say, God asks him to sacrifice his son. Like, to me, it's one of the most challenging stories in the Bible. Can you just imagine it for a moment? What I like to do when I'm reading stories in the Bible, I like to try and put myself in that place to try and understand or experience what that person's going through. So here's Abraham, a great man of faith. He's credited as being a great man of faith. You've heard that? He's a great man of faith, yet God's testing his faith. He had waited years to have his son Isaac. Yes, you all know the story. I think Sarah was 90 and Abraham was 100 when they finally had Isaac, correct? You know the story. You know that they took things into their own hands before that because they became impatient and they had an illegitimate child. Ishmael. Yes, you're familiar with this story. And so here's Abraham, being a man of faith. And God sends an agent to him and says something like, let me read it to you from Genesis 22, verses 1 through to 18. I'm not going to read every verse, but this is where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm in Genesis 22, 1 to 18, verse 1. Sometimes later, God, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called out. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. Did you hear that? It's, it's, it's important that you hear that. 
whom you love so much and go to the land of Moriah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountains which I will show you. And just picture yourself for one moment being, pretend that you're Abraham for a moment. Pretend you've got your son with you, this son that you'd waited for for a long time. God had come through with the promise that he was going to have a son. And then all of a sudden, God says, you're going to sacrifice him. Now, I don't know about you, but when I put myself in that place and I start thinking about that, I start thinking about having my son walk next to me as I'm approaching where I've got to take him to sacrifice him, I wouldn't be going, I'm a man of faith. I trust you completely in this God. I would be, I would be in this place of going, God, did you really say that? Did you really mean that? Surely not. You're a God of love. You're a God that cares. You're a God that wants the best for me. Would you be thinking that? I am sure that as Abraham was walking up the mountain, he would have been confused to say the very least, even though he was a great man of faith. I'm sure he wasn't walking up the mountain whistling Dixie. Oh, this is a wonderful time in my life. Everything's going according to plan. I'm just being totally obedient to God and I'm a great man of faith. I am sure that he would have been going, I am confused. I do not understand what's going on. Why am I going through this trial? But yet I trust you, God. God, no matter what's going on around me, no matter what my circumstances look like, I'm going to continue to do what you've told me to do. I'm going to be obedient in this moment that you've told me what I need to do. Because so often in trials, we don't want to be obedient. So often in trials, we do get confused and we want to take things into our own hands. Yes, but Abraham carried through. He continued on. He, he, he said, I, I'm going to do what God's telling me to do. I'm going to be obedient. Let me pick it up at verse 6. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar at the top of the wood. And Abraham, listen to this, Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. Now just for one moment, be that, be Abraham. I can't even imagine being in that place, if I'm really honest. I can't imagine having a knife and about to put it into my son, whom I love so much. Yet Abraham was prepared to do it. In the midst of his greatest trial, he was prepared, he was going to be obedient to what God had told him that he needed to do. And then verse 11, at that moment, the angel of the Lord called him, from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied. Here I am, verse 12. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Don't hurt him in any way, for now I know you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your own son, your only son. Then Abraham, Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the horns of the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. 
So we've got to believe that no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, whether we're confused or whether we understand, whether we're walking by faith, whether we're walking in fear, whether we're walking in confusion, we've just got to do what Abraham did, church. Do you like our new... Pretty cool, hey? We've just got to do what Abraham does, did. We've got to start walking by faith. We've got to start trusting God, not letting the trial stop us from what God's telling us to do. And because Abraham was a man of great faith, because he pushed through his trial, because he didn't let anything, not the thing that meant most to him, get in the way of what God was telling him to do, guess what happened? Verse 15, then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I will swear by by my name that I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities and their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations on earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. The temptation when we face a trial is to take matters into our own hands. Our temptation is to try and do things. Our temptation is not to do what God's told us to do. But there's a blessing in obedience. Now, it's taken me a while to get here to say that. (laughs) Because I'm not, I don't want, how can I say this? I'm a man of grace. We're saved by faith, not by what we do. Yeah? And I believe in all my heart that there's no other way to get to heaven. You, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter how good you are, you could have been Mother Teresa. You could have, you could have done so many amazing good works. You could have been the best possible person that you've ever been. You could have done everything that you've thought in your life, but it counts actually for nothing. It does not get you to heaven. The only thing that gets you to heaven is to believe that you're a sinner in need of a saviour. And it's by faith. You believe what Jesus did on the cross, that he died for your sin. Amen? So I believe that. And because of that, for a period of time, this whole thing about the blessings of God has been playing on my mind. Because I'm thinking, well, I'm a child of God Therefore, I receive God's blessing. And that is true. We do. But we, do, we can still negate the blessing of God over our lives by the decisions that we make. You know, if, we, if I choose to be hard and, and a, a horrible husband to Helen, I'll, that will bear some sort of fruit. Yes? You know, if I choose to be a a, a lazy worker, I say I'm a Christian and I go to work and I rock up just on time or I'm a little bit late and then I'm keen to get out of the door, there's a fruit to that. Yes? You're getting where I'm going with this church? Like there's, there's a blessing in the obedience. There's a blessing in doing what God tells us to do. You're getting what I'm saying this morning, church. You know, when God says to you, I want you to forgive that person, and you don't want to, 
because you know what they did was wrong. God's going, I don't care what they did. It's about you and what you're doing. Are you going to be obedient to me? And when I say for you to forgive that person, are you, going to be, are you going to forgive them? Because God has forgiven me. He's forgiven you. Do we deserve our forgiveness? Mark, did you deserve your forgiveness? No, and I didn't. But he gives it to us freely. And then he goes on to say, forgive your brother. Forgive, in fact, forgive your enemy. It's a difficult task sometimes. But I believe that if we're obedient to that, there's a blessing. We start to walk our life free. Free of that stuff that holds us back. See it, free of that stuff that causes us pain. Free of that stuff that holds us down. There's a blessing when we forgive. Amen. See, Abraham was, was blessed because he was obedient to God. And not only was he blessed because he was obedient to God, he was blessed because he put nothing else before God, included the thing, including the thing that he loved most. You know, sometimes we have to go, God, what do I, what am I holding on to? What do I treasure most? What is so important to me that I need to place on the altar? I'm sure all of us could think of things in our lives that if we're really honest and we put our hand on our heart, we will go, well, am I actually putting God first or is this thing going first in my life? Anybody? Can we have an amen? It's the truth. All of us have stuff that we love that sometimes we need to go, no, I'm going to put it on the altar. And, you know, I believe when we do that, like, like with Abraham, there will be a blessing. So we need to trust God. See, how we view our trials is critical. How we view, view when we go through our trials is critical because if we, if we view them as something that's going to defeat us, something that's going to hold us back, that's something that can, that can break us and not make us, then guess what? That's what's going to happen. But if we can, use, if we can view our tri- trials as a, the foundation upon which we will build our next triumph, we will be blessed. See, in all things, God works for the good of those that love him and being called according to his purpose. You know, as I was sharing before, when I face a trial, whether it be a little trial or a big trial or no matter what sort of trial, I, I have a bias to the negative. It's like, you know, we've just gone through Easter. Who knows that Jesus had to face his greatest trial before he could have his greatest triumph? See, there was the Friday before the Sunday. Church, this morning I declare over you that your Sunday is coming. Yeah? But what are, those Fridays, they can look pretty dark, can't they? Like there's a heavy cloud over our heads. It might be a sickness. It might be a tragedy. It might be um, some, somebody treating you poorly. Like Fridays happen when things don't go our way, when, when they, they're not, they don't go as we planned. It's when we get a bad doctor's report. It's when people treat us poorly. It's when when we don't want to forgive anymore because we're sick and tired of forgiving. We're sick and tired of giving out and getting nothing back. You're disappointed with yourself. You're disappointed with people. You're disappointed with life itself. You believe that you're not good enough, that you will never measure up. You can't change. People can't change. Things can't change. Nothing will ever change. That's what some of my Fridays have looked like. 
I've lost my enthusiasm on Fridays. Everything seems too hard. I just don't want to do it anymore. I'm sick of it. I've lost my joy. Where are you, God? You call out to God. Where are you? What's going on? I don't understand this. Why don't you answer my prayers, God? And in fact, you get a bit angry with God. And then in fact, you might even go as far as to say, is there a God? Anybody been on a, in a Friday moment? Anybody been there? I have. But I want to tell you, Sunday's coming. And do you know what? I believe God's bigger than you telling him that he doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> he knows it anyway, because you're thinking it. So it's okay, he's okay with you, at least you're being honest. Yeah? See, on a Friday, you want to give up. You want to throw the towel in. You want to put up the white flag. You want to run away. And you want to say, enough is enough. Can I challenge you? In those Friday moments, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't put up the white flag. Don't let it defeat you. Don't let it overcome you. Don't let it be the thing that destroys you. Let it be the foundation for your triumph. The greatest trial I faced in my life that went for years, not days, not months, but for years, is now the foundation upon which I have built my triumph. And if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Can I challenge you? Don't let your Fridays defeat you. Use them as the foundation for tomorrow's triumph. I want to give you four keys that have helped me with turning my trials into triumphs. Key number one, see trials as the foundation for your next triumph. Uh, Key number two, take him at his word. Key number three, do something differently. Key number four, look to your Sunday. But just before I go through those four points quickly, let me tell you something not to do when you face your Friday moments, when you're in your trial. Panic. Who's ever panicked when a Friday moment happens, when a Friday trial comes? Just me? Okay. Panic. There is no power in panic. Panic comes from the Greek word to choke. To choke means to cut off, to disengage or disconnect. When we panic, that's exactly what we do. We cut off the air to our brain. We're able to think clearly. Have you ever been in a moment when you've been unable to think clearly? You're going, what? Nothing makes sense. I can't work this out. I can't even think straight. Yeah? You're panicking. You're cutting off the oxygen. (laughs) Don't panic. Key number one in turning our trials into triumphs, see our trials as your foundation for your next triumph. James 1-2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any time come, sorry, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity. 
Don't you just love the Bible? Like, really? Come on. Come on. <laughs> when trouble comes your way, consider an opportunity <laughs> for great joy. <laughs> Come on. Are you real? Are you, are you on this planet? What? When a trial comes, I've got to see it as an opportunity for great joy. You are kidding me. I'm just being real. But that's what the Word of God says. See, we need to view our trials differently. We need to see them as an opportunity, as the foundation for our next triumph. Yes? We, you know, we need to accept that trials will come. They will come. People will say the wrong thing. People will hurt you. People will let you down. You will let you down. Your neighbour will run over your cat. The dog will get sick. Or even worse, you may get sick. Or somebody you know very close to you may get sick. Trials do come. But the word of God is saying here, consider it an opportunity for great joy. You know, you could be like a bit like me when I used to face a trial. I would say things like, well, it's not fair. It's not fair. I'm doing all the right things. It's not fair. Only me? Am I the only person that's ever said it's not fair? Can I have a show of hands of anybody that's ever said it's not fair? It's not fair. I don't deserve this. Have you ever said that? Oh, I tell you, the worst show on television, the worst show, I will not watch it, but we do get clips and I want to throw something at my television when I see the clip, the, the promo, whatever they call it, that Bachelor show. Oh, my goodness me. I hope nobody, if you are what you... I, You better come up here now for deliverance in the name of Jesus. It is the most trashiest, the, the, the most ridiculous, the most ungodly show that was ever presented on television. Seeing things on my screen. I, can't, I don't even know why I was saying that now. Oh, you know, and they say things like... Ah, you know, you make me complete. You make me complete. You make me complete. Oh, Helen. (laughs) You make me complete. (laughs) There's only one thing that makes us complete, and that's Christ. Key number two, in turning your trials into triumphs, take him at his word. I love it. Jason preaches and says this quite often. Get, uh, Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he does not change his mind. He has never spoken or failed to act. He has, he, has he ever promised and not carried it through? God is not a man, so he does not lie. You know, we need to take God at his word. 
when he says, consider it pure joy, when you face trials, we need to take God as his, at his word. Yes? When, when his word, the word of God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Yes? Come on. We need to take God at his word. You know, it's not like God's sitting up in, in heaven when we face a trial. And he's, go, he's looking down and he's going, oh, gee, that trial, that's too much for me. Oh, I can't do anything about that. It's way beyond me. Come on. Yet that's how we think sometimes. You know, it's not like God's looking down at me and going, oh, well, I'm just going to give up on John. He keeps making that dumb, stupid decision over and over again. I've got nothing to work with. How am I going to help him? God's bigger than that. God's greater than that. He can turn my trial into my triumph. My trial into his triumph. Yes? We need to start believing God and what he says about our trials. What he says about who I am. What he says about who Marianella is. We need to believe God at his word about who he says he is. We need to believe God at his word about when he says about what he says about our circumstances. Yes? Take God at his word is number two. Number three, do something different. I don't know, like, why do we keep doing the same things over and over and over and over and over? Am I making a point here? And over and over Again, expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity, church. And I've been there. I keep thinking if I worry about it long enough, or if I get angry at God enough, (laughs) if I worry about it enough, if I keep putting it in here and going... And put my head on the pillow. Worry, 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 worry. Stress, stress, stress. Somehow something's going to change. But there's absolutely no power in that at all. Do something different. If I've got my head on the pillow at night and I'm worried, get up and put, get on my knees. Do something different. How many times do we have to go around that blessed mountain? Here we go, around the mountain again. Around the mountain. Oh, God, why aren't you helping me? Where are you, God? You've forsaken me. I'm going around the mountain. I'm going around the mountain. I'm going around the mountain. Oh, God, where are you? What are you doing? Help me, help me. Stop going around the mountain. Stop. Turn left. Turn left again. Go where I want you to go. Now I'm all dizzy. <laughs> Do something different. Don't procrastinate. I'm an excellent procrastinator. Just make a decision. God's bigger than if it's the wrong decision. Can I say that? But at least you're making a decision. I remember a long time ago, I was reading something. Joyce Meyer was either preaching or read it in one of her books where she said, you sit, it's like you're sitting in a car. Yeah? God's calling you to go in a direction, but your car's in dirt for drive. Uh, sorry, not dirt for drive. <laughs> your car is in P for park. You're procrastinating. Put it into dirt for drive. 
and start moving. And if you think God said go left, go left. But guess what? It may be wrong. But keep praying, keep believing, keep trusting and keep in contact with God. And then you might hear him say, well, turn right. But don't, please, church, John, don't procrastinate. Do something different. Start advancing. Start taking ground. Start moving forward. Don't wallow in worry, stress and fear and just put up the white flag. No, it's all too hard. No, start moving. I've learned this very important lesson. It's better to give it a go and make a mistake than not give it a go at all. Yes, because when we're giving it a go, we're actually walking by faith. Now, we may not have exactly got it right with God, but he sees our heart. He says, yes, God, I'm wanting to give this a go. I'm going to start trusting you, so I'm going to start stepping out and moving on and moving forward. Pretty good preaching, isn't it, Dylan? Yeah? I haven't done this for a long time. Where's Lani? Let's dance. No, no, let's not do that. I saw Frank Sinatra do that. Do you think I look a bit like Frank Sinatra? You know, you go. See, people will say things. People will say things. Ask God to give you his wisdom. Amen? Seek counsel from people. Listen to Proverbs twelve fifteen. Fools think their own way is right. <laughs> Have you ever thought you're right? <laughs> well, okay. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. It's important that we have other people in our life, that we allow them to speak into our lives. The moment we think we've got it all right, the moment that we think we don't need to talk to anybody else, the moment we think we're, we're just, oh, okay, you're on dangerous ground, let me tell you. You're on very dangerous ground. It's something, called, something like this word called pride. But the word of God again says, humble yourself and he will lift you up. Amen? Proverbs 20, 18. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. You know, sometimes we have to make, I'm going to finish very soon, sometimes we have to make the very hard yet uncomfortable and necessary decisions. On our ACC website, they interviewed Scott Morrison and they interviewed Bill Shorten. I haven't watched all of Bill Shorten's yet, but I've watched Scott Morrison and he made this statement and he said this, there is a price to pay for anything that is important and that is so true. There is a price to pay sometimes. You know, it took many bad choices for me to find myself in my worst trial of my life, but it's taken many hard, can I say that again? It's taken many hard and good choices to bring me out of my trial. You have a choice this morning, church. You're going to let that trial defeat you. You're going to let that trial bring you down. 
You're going to let that trial to pull you back. You're going to let that trial put you in that place of where you put up the white flag. You say, I give up. I can't do it anymore. Or are you going to use your trial as the foundation for your triumph? And number four, look to your Sunday. When you're going through a trial, look to your Sunday. Let me read to you Hebrews 12 too. Keep your eyes on Jesus. What do we do? Keep our eyes on Jesus, our leader and instructor. Oh, did you know that? He, is willing to die a sh- he was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew would be his afterwards. And now he sits in the place of honour by the throne of God. See, he was able to endure his Friday because he kept his eyes on Sunday. You ready for this, church? You ready for your Sunday? I am. See, Sunday's the day you dance. Sunday, you're walking on sunshine. Yeah? Sunday's the day where you go and people look at you and they go, you're God's hero. That's the Sunday. See, I know. I know. I'm God's hero and so are you. See, my dear mum that passed away just last year, I praise God every day that she was able to see me walking in victory again. And she witnessed and others witnessed in my life the total destruction of a man. A man by all appearances that was successful from a worldly standard. Face his greatest trial and be completely destroyed. Yet by the grace of God, his trials turned into his triumph. He's God's hero. You are God's hero. Jody, you're God's hero. So you, I know you face difficult times. I know you've gone through hard stuff. But you're here today. You're in a Sunday moment. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.